0: Welcome to Breaking the Barrier, the podcast that hopes to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. I'm Zach, and that sound of nothing is no Andrew, because I'm flying solo again for another mini-episode, specifically a recap of my recent adventure at the Warburton Trail Festival, uh, an event put on by Tour de Trails, um, the proud people that do a number of runs like uh, the Surf Coast trail run they also do the hut to hut and the archie which are some pretty extreme runs as well this was their multi-day warburton trail fest event uh, which happens over the labor day weekend here in victoria melbourne or melbourne victoria australia so a multi-day event of which i did the first event of the festival which was the 50 kilometer lumberjack ultra and can i just say off the bat what a great feeling there was to this entire festival. I think we often talk about the vibe that trail running has and running events have and how excited everyone is to be back into trail running or, or running events at all after the the couple of years of lockdown. This is my first ever event doing a tour to trail event and it was just fantastic. It had a real party vibe to it, both at the start line uh, where all of the things were organized, on the bus to the start line from the main festival bit and, and at the aid stations along the way. So so first of all, just a huge shout out to the Tour de Trails crew for putting on such a, an awesome event. Regardless of how successful I did or didn't go, um, I think it was just a, an awesome vibe. And to, to really get that energy going across multiple days is, is a true compliment to all of you. Uh, Specifically, the event itself. So Warburton is a couple of hours uh, away from where I live on the western side of Melbourne. It's probably, you know, an hour and a half, two hours if you're in the centre of Melbourne. Uh, And Warburton itself is quite a hilly area. Um, It has a residential street in the area that is at times claimed to be the steepest residential street in the southern hemisphere although I hear there's a couple of places in Tasmania or over in New Zealand that would argue with that fact but nonetheless the the town of Warburton is in a valley surrounded by some pretty steep hills and pretty much any run uh, that happens at the Warburton Trail Fest is going to send you up one of those hills uh, and and then back down again. Uh, The Warburton Trail Festival Lumberjack Ultra that I did is a 50 kilometre run. Uh, it starts on the Saturday morning. Uh, it starts at about 7.30am uh, it's a pretty unique event in that the signal to start the event is a gentleman chopping through a log of wood. Um, there's no starter's gun or blowing of a horn. Um, effectively to honour the lumberjacks that used to work in the area beforehand, this gentleman chops a block of wood whilst we all stand around waiting, which given we most of us had gotten up at about 4 4.30 in the morning to have something to eat, get dressed, get to the start line, jump on a bus, catch the bus to the start line, hang around at the start line for a little bit before this guy then starts trying to chop through a block of wood. Um, We were pretty keen to get going, and and to his credit, Bo got through the wood in about three minutes or so. Uh, It felt a lot longer, to be honest. Uh, but but once it did start, we were off. Uh, we being about 120-130 people, I would say, started the 50k Ultra. I was there with El Pace Bros, uh, the friends of mine who will be doing the Oxfam trail walk uh, in two weeks time, the 100km event here in Melbourne, we're doing that. Um, So Omar, Simon and Daryl were there doing the 50 kilometer event with me. This was the last training run for El Pace Bros before the Oxfam in two weeks time. Uh, And so we we approached it as you would the actual Oxfam event. We all wore our gear um, and brought our supplies and everything as if we were doing the Oxfam event uh, itself except for Omar, who once again forgot to bring his t-shirt, which is the one thing that indicates to people that we are actually all part of a team. So three of us wearing matching gear and then Omar doing his own thing, which hopefully he won't repeat in two weeks time when we get to Oxfam. Uh, But with the Lumberjack, 7.30 in the morning, Saturday morning, off we go. And the first 10 kilometres or so of this event uh, is pretty basic. It's a trail, but I wouldn't say it's crazy trail, single-file trail. There's a lot of running along a couple of, you know, fire access roads. Uh, it's pretty wide, a little bit of climbing, but but not really. One sort of climb up to about the five kilometer mark, and then it's pretty flat. Um, the event really starts at about the 12.5 k mark. So at the 12.5 k mark, there's a hill called High Lead, uh, and High Lead is, you know, sp- 400, 500, 600 meters of climbing in about a kilometer. So we're talking 30% gradients. Um, I had been travelling personally pretty well up to that part of the run. Uh, I got to the, you know, the the 12 kilometer mark uh, after about. You know, an hour twenty or so. So keeping my pace uh, pretty consistent in you know the low sixes or so. Um, Simon was right behind me when we got to that point of the of the trail, and then just straight up, straight you know climbing. Uh, I had my fourteenth kilometre of the event was a twenty-one minute kilometre. So really, really slowing down the pace to get up that hill. Uh, once you get up to the top. Of that first high-lead hill Um, and at this stage you've gone through one of the aid stations you then sort of do an out and back where you you run along a route um, towards this loop that we do around towards to see a big tree and at that point I was already starting to see some of the faster runners coming back so that put them at that point you know an hour and a half into the event um, they were six-odd kilometers ahead of me and moving very quickly I mean it is just an unbelievable feeling when you're running along a trail like that. You're feeling pretty good, things are going to plan, you're in control with what you want to do for your race and then you see what can only be described as an alien creature the way that these people run compared to the way that I run just coming along these paths just moving so effortlessly. Uh, Just amazing to watch them uh, move like that. I got out to the 20k aid station and it was a party atmosphere. I think it was just this perfect combination of a whole bunch of us that were running at around about the same pace, getting to there at the same time. There must have been 15, 20 people at the aid station grabbing chips, grabbing lollies, talking to the aid station people. Um, I told one of the guys to tell the next person to come along wearing my team team t-shirt that I was half an hour ahead. Simon came through about 3 minutes later, uh, and hearing that I was half an hour ahead um, freaked him out a little bit until he caught me literally 30 seconds later uh, on a little loop that we had to do. Uh, and then the 20km mark to the 30km mark was, was pretty tough. I'd say that was probably the, the toughest part of the run for me. It was you know, just flat-ish for a trail run. There wasn't anything really steep in it, although there was a little bit of a grind towards the end. I was running with a a good group of people and it was one of those classic ones where as soon as we got a bunch of people together running as a pack once someone said oh this is a really good pack to run together of course we all split off and did our own thing it seems like uh running with a pack when you're doing trail running is like capturing lightning in a bottle. Sometimes it works and you can keep that track uh, that pack going for a while and really get that camaraderie, but the second you acknowledge it, that's when something happens and someone runs off ahead or someone stops behind to look after themselves. So, I found myself running, you know, from about kilometer 26 to the aid station at the 30 odd kilometer mark by myself, which was a, which was a little tough. It was a little hard. Getting through that. Uh, once we got to the 30-kilometer mark, though, just seeing people again was an amazing inspiration. And after that, it is about 10 kilometers of just downhill running. Um, you know, when you look at the elevation profile for the Warburton Lumberjack Ultra, you'll just be really surprised that you know, from that 12.5-kilometer mark to the 14-kilometer mark, it's like the, la- the line goes straight up and then from the 32 kilometre mark down to the 40 kilometre mark it's just a beautiful slow gradient. Um, The trails themselves were very clear for that event. They were uh, a trail run. So we're talking about lots of sticks underneath, lots of leaves, but some crews had gone through and they chopped out most of the logs and most of the big branches that had come down over the trail. Um, so the organisers at the start line said to us if there was ever going to be a course record for the event set, a new course record, today was the day to do it because the track was so clear. And spoilers, there was a new course record set um, by a gentleman by the name of Dion Finocciaro, Um unbelievably he completed the 50 kilometer course in three hours and 45 minutes Uh, so that's a thousand meters of elevation 50 kilometers of trails in three hours and 45 minutes at the three hour 45 minute mark in my race i was at kilometer 29 so that puts him 21 kilometers ahead of me for that event so again when i talk about you know seeing some of the faster runners out on the trail and then being a completely different species uh, that's just an example. to a half marathon ahead of me uh, and I thought I was running a pretty good race. so for me, you know, from kilometer 30 odd down to the aid station at the 40 kilometer mark, it was just a, a gentle bomb downhills. There was about three of us running together. We were close enough that if any of us had gotten into trouble, we could have yelled out and gotten help, but we weren't close enough to keep talking. But we were just sort of keeping each other in sight and keeping each other honest with our pace. Uh, it was good to have that as a reference point anytime I started closing the gap too quickly I realised I was sort of overdoing it and anytime I fell behind I realised that uh, I probably needed to pick it up a little bit. Uh, I had no idea where the rest of the boys were at this point. Um, I hadn't seen Simon since about the 20km aid station. I'd seen Daryl a little bit after that when I was heading out of the out and back and he was heading in Uh, but at no point during the event did I see Omar so I, I didn't really know where I was. I felt like Simon would be close behind me but I didn't know how close he would be behind me um, as I head through this downhill bit. Uh, Once you get to the 40 kilometre aid station for me at that point I was really starting to realize that my fueling strategy for the event hadn't been quite where it needed to be. Uh, For comparison when I do a marathon event I try to fuel say every 45 minutes or so. This ultra event, I really should have been on my fuel uh, at the half hour mark. I think something in my head, because the aid stations were every 10 kilometers or so, I'd kind of started doing my fueling strategy on distance. I was gonna do it at the five kilometer mark. But in some cases, you know, the distance between five kilometers and 10 kilometers was 45 minutes. In other cases, it was an hour and 15. So I realized, you know, about the 30 kilometer mark of the event that my fueling strategy was off where it needed to be. And I should have been fueling every half an hour on the half hour. So at that point, I just started grabbing chips and lollies and whatever I could from the aid stations uh, to try and keep myself going. Uh, At the 40 kilometer mark, the final aid station before the run into town, uh, it was the good old Coca-Cola. So a nice can of Coca-Cola to get some caffeine into me hung around for about a minute and a half to try and let the bubbles settle down because nothing worse than getting Coca-Cola cramps uh, as you take off an event Uh, and then off on the final run into the main town of Warburton where the finish line was. The interesting thing about that is that uh, with about 6 kilometres to go you have to cross the Yarra River not on a bridge but actually in knee-to-waist-deep water uh, depending on how tall you are hanging onto a rope for stability. Now... The Yarra River was not as torrential as it could be but it was flowing, it was slippery underneath, we had 40 odd kilometres of running under our legs at this point, so um, probably not the most stable creatures. Uh, The water was freezing Uh, by the time I got out of the water on the other side of the river my feet were ice blocks. It took a couple of kilometres for them to loosen up and and me to get some feeling back. And then the run into the town of Warburton we ran through this caravan park with a whole bunch of people looking at us like we were crazy. You know, As torture goes, and this always seems to be the way with these events, we had to run past the finish line on the other side of the river so we could see where the finish line was and people could see us but then we had to run down about 800 meters or so, cross a bridge and then run back to the finish line. So I got back to the finish line, saw my family there who had come down to to see me get across the line. I had a goal for this race of doing it in 6.5 hours and that was based on the guys having done it the year before in around the 7 to 7.5 hour range and I thought you know with a bit of fitness under my legs and knowing what they knew six and a half hours was kind of the goal time i had i ended up finishing the race in five hours 56 so 30 minutes plus ahead of my goal time which is great, you know. I feel really, really happy with that. Um, leaves me absolutely nowhere to go next year, unfortunately. Um, you know, it'd be really hard to take a lot more time off that next year uh, unless I really start training hard. But to go sub six on that course, I'm, I'm really, really happy. Uh, I'm also really, really happy that uh, on the course itself, uh, I think I gave my ankle a nice little roll once. And that was about it considering the terrain i was pretty happy that i didn't do anything more than that Um, i nearly fell twice you know kicked a big rock or hit a big branch of some sort and nearly went over but managed to catch myself each time so uh, i had gotten through the event feeling pretty unscathed and then I kid you not, I literally, the final step I took in the event as I went to cross the finishing pad at the finishing line with a photographer watching, with the, re- the race announcer commentating me going across, it was at that point that my left ankle decided to roll. So I'm told that there will be photos of me uh, crossing the finish line of the Lumberjack Ultra um, with my left ankle bent pretty grossly underneath me. Thankfully no injuries, uh, I had some pretty crazy cramping. Uh, for the you know a couple of hours after the event which was just insane um literally could not get my socks off my compression socks without help um, simon came through only about seven minutes or so after i did uh, he finished in a time of six hours and seven minutes so okay about 10 minutes behind me which puts him on that course maybe a kilometer or so behind um, so he was really really happy with that he took about an hour off his time from last year uh, Omar came through in six hours, 47. Again, about an hour better than his time from last year. Uh, and then Daryl was out there. Daryl just wanted to finish. Um, he finished sub eight. So he went seven hours and 57 minutes. He was number 100 out of 114 competitors. So got that beautiful round number, got under eight hours. Um, He's got two weeks now to recover before we do the Oxfam 100. But given he was so worried uh, about completing this event, to get through that and feeling okay from what I hear means we've all got a great bunch of confidence for him two weeks from now at Oxfam. Uh, Omar was number 68 for the event. Simon was number 53. Uh, and just looking at the results now, it looks like I was number 45 out of 114. So a pretty good showing for El Pace Bros at the uh The Warburton Trail First Lumberjack Ultra. Uh, There was a couple of other events they ran uh, over the course of the weekend. Uh, My friends Chris and Jess came around, and Chris ran the Sawmill Grove 14 kilometres, which is on the Sunday morning. Um, That's an event which again has you know 500, 600 metres of elevation in it. There's uh, another a 22 kilometre event on the Sunday which has a thousand meters of elevation in that. So the same amount of elevation in a 22 kilometer event as we had in the 50 kilometer event, albeit the, the, the incline is slightly different. Short answer, there's only a couple of runs across this entire festival that doesn't have some crazy hills in it. So if you like hills, go check it out, um, but also train, 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 because yeah, there's some fun in there for sure. So yes, I really recommend it, Warburton Trail Fest. It's definitely one that I'll be going back to next year to have another go at. No expectations that I'll go as well as I did this year because I was pretty happy with it. That's it for the event, I hope you enjoyed that. Next time you hear from Breaking the Barrier, it'll be Andrew and me recapping our uh, experience at the Trails Plus Brimbank Running Festival. So that's a 50 kilometer event coming up in about a week's time or so. This will be Andrew's second ever ultra event. It'll be five weeks or so after he did his Spartan Ultra. So obviously it's gonna be interesting to see how he goes. What has he learned from the first 50 and how does his body hold up naturally? And me, I've got a, you know, a week or so to recover um, from this one. I'll do the 50K with Andrew and then uh, about five days after that, I'll be heading off with El Pace Bros for the 100 km Oxfam event, a big month of March for little Zach. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, remember to subscribe to the podcast, like, leave a review, tell your friends, you know, bribe people to check it out. Check out our sponsors, Generation You Can, and also Spartan. Discount codes are all available, or listen to some of the other podcasts for that. And we'll catch you next time.